I'm Katie Gassman. And I'm Anna Grace Avery. And this is Verb, the style podcast. Follow along on Instagram to see our daily outfits and tune in every Tuesday for a new episode where we recap the previous week's outfits. Plus commentary on the evolution of our personal style, current and upcoming trends, and the latest fashion news. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. This is Verve. I'm Katie. I'm Anna Grace. And today we're here to talk to you about the latest fashion news, some fall trends, and then our weekly recap of our outfits, which you can find in our Instagram, which is in the show notes. So kicking things off first, we are going to talk about the Dolce & Gabbana show, which did not go as planned. Um, pretty hilarious actually there's just it's an outdoor show and there's just videos of it like absolutely hailing like raining hellfire down on the show with all the celebrities press (laughs) models like as it's happening Uh, and I think it's really hilarious and a bit of karma given Mm -hmm. Dolce & Gabbana's acts over the years yeah so let's just like talk about that really quick because whether or not you saw it online this week, people were talking about the fact that Dolce & Gabbana are semi-canceled. There's definitely some controversy about, you know, celebrities still interacting with the brand. Obviously, it was a full show because there were tons of people who got hailed on. However, there are a lot of reasons not to support them. So let's just go over those really quick. And just like a premise, uh, I don't think either of us are very like supportive of cancel culture. Like I would like for people to learn and grow from their mistakes. And I believe people can change. Absolutely. Um, But when there's repeated acts and no sincerity and apologies or change in the future, I think that's when we go, okay, like let's start moving away from this brand. Right. Because to go out of your way multiple times to do problematic things pretty much just sets the tone that you do not care and that you are not listening to public feedback. So the first thing, or rather one of the most recent things that they have done, we're going to go in like reverse chronological order here. In 2018, they were promoting a show, DG Greatest Show Ever in 2018 and it was set in Shanghai. So they made this video that was a promo video featuring a Chinese model eating Italian food with chopsticks and which on the surface could rub some people the wrong way. However, then they had a voiceover that was essentially sexualizing the model while she was eating, saying that the food was all too big for her mouth Uh, talking about the way that she was eating it. And this was, keep in mind, a show intended to promote, or I mean, rather a video intended to promote a show taking place in China, right? Yeah. And China is one of the largest luxury markets in the US or not in the US, in the world. It's supposed to be the biggest by 2025. So why are you alienating the group of people that you're trying to sell your clothes to and specifically they're having the show in this region meant meaning they're trying to appeal to these customers right Right. like that's their first and foremost goal and then it just goes to show kind of the blindness of brands trying to appeal to um, different ethnic groups without including those groups in the conversation of creating the advertisement the campaign the clothing like 
clearly no one of any Asian descent was like in the room while they were figuring out this marketing plan. So then when confronted by the Instagram account Diet Prada, Stefano Gabbana said that this was, quote, a tribute uh, to the Chinese people. Any accusations of racism were, quote, fake news and then went on to say that uh, the people of China are ignorant, dirty smelling mafia who eat dogs. Uh, Pretty terrible. Like, we're not even going to go so far I as can't even begin there's anything to redeemable there right you can't no. you can't there's nothing there that's remotely okay and then I guess the brand went on to say that his account was hacked all right so <laughs> whatever we're just gonna now move into some of the other terrible things that they have done which makes me think that their account was not hacked <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, because it's over the course of like six years. <laughs> yeah, there's a long history going on here. So then Domenico Dolce, he. The other founder. <laughs> right. The other founder. He, in an interview, once said that children conceived via IVF are not real children. Uh, children of chemicals, synthetic children used the term rented uterus. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's so incredibly appalling. It's so and then goes on to defend it by saying that he's part of a traditional family from Sicily. Uh, It's just you can't use your upbringing to defend repeated horrific comments about the way that other people live their lives. Like it's such a privilege to be able to have children naturally that Anyway, it's incredibly insensitive. Moving on, because there's so Again, much. We don't else. need to explain this because these were we. Think yeah. these are all terrible things. These like, are all just generally what terrible the fuck, things basically. to say. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Keep right. Because remember, we are here to explain to you why people are trying to cancel Dolce and Gabbana. They also have a really strong history of trolling celebrities on the Internet. Uh, love. Lo- they love to attack Selena Gomez, saying that she's ugly. Not really sure, like, what I feel like it- millions of people would disagree with that, but okay, right, exactly. And what, why does anyone feel the need to comment that it's just ridiculous on Instagram, right? It just seems so funny to me when people who have such large platforms go so far out of their way to comment on some paparazzi photo on Instagram to call another celebrity ugly. Like it's part of their brand identity to, or at least now, is it to be polarizing? Like, is that just part of their strategy? I suppose, but it's really, who's their PR team? Because someone is saying that this is okay. And it's just like, or maybe they don't have a PR team and that's the whole point. Well, it feels very like, not like a classic Italian fashion house. And that's interesting because so much of their defense of everything that they're doing is that they are of a traditional Italian values. They're and you can about- see it in their clothing and their brand. Like that's what they stand for. It's like being an Italian fashion house. And yes. then it's like, okay, so it's like hatred, a part of that, like not, <laughs> not of the Italian people. I don't mean to say that, yeah, but like yeah. where, where I thought it was like, in all of their, even if you think of their ad campaigns in Vogue, like it's always about like families gathering. They usually have people of all ages from like um, young 20s into, you know, kind of like the grandma um, matriarchal figure in these ad campaigns that they have. 
Mm-hmm. So you were trying to like sell it as this Italian family image and then you're just spewing hatred against so many different groups of women I mean or um, people like right now we have the entire Chinese culture you have any woman who's ever had pregnancy struggles or used IVF right and you have just calling beautiful women ugly ugly like we're, we're not even done we have like a few more things on this list right so then another troll history Miley Cyrus's brother, he was a model in one of their shows once. She went out of her way to say that she loves that they are featuring uh, small businesses and taking, you know, the initiative to do that because I believe her brother was modeling a particular piece that was a collaboration with a small designer, but then went on to say that she doesn't support their politics, essentially being cognizant and aware of the fact that they are as individuals, a pretty terrible collection of, of people. And then they really, she's known for being outspoken and liberal, which if she wasn't like, she would get called out by her fans for like supporting this brand. So like, exactly, exactly. And then they took that as another great opportunity to come back at her, say that she's so ugly. She has no class. She, you know, just trolling then on Miley. And now her, she has made the list of people that they troll along with Selena. So it's just a really strange way to run your personal brand while you are the literal namesake of such a massive brand. To continue, not to belabor the subject, however, I do think that this is, you know, worth calling out. In 2016, they had a pair of shoes, part of their spring summer collection called the Slave Sandal. It was renamed. However, if you Google slave sandal Dolce & Gabbana 2016, it'll come right up. It's just a lace-up sandal with a bunch of- It's like a hot pink gladiator sandal. I don't understand why they felt the need to name it that other than blatant racism. On that similar note in 2012, as part of their spring-summer collection, they had Black Amour earrings, which were inspired by essentially like Blackface minstrel uh, caricatures. There was not a single black model in that show. Um, it's just generally disgusting. And DNG, we're over you. Yeah. Guys, if you want to buy something from Italian designers, we got Bottega Veneta, we got Fendi, we have Versace, there are like a, Armani, there's a trillion other designers. Like, sorry, Dolce and Gabbana stuff. I don't like it that much either. Like, if I'm going to go like the quote unquote gaudy, Italian kind of style I'm gonna go with Versace all day long so mm-hmm. or Poochie Moomoo like there's so much um anyway so we hate Dolce Gabbana <laughs> and um don't stand for anything that we have previously discussed obviously and I think we should move on to a more pleasant topic we are here to cover some pre-fall trends as the seasons are starting to change at least here in the mid-atlantic region we have been graced with weather that is under 80 degrees and the humidity starting to cut a bit which means we can start incorporating some of these fall pieces that i'm so excited for into our wardrobe Uh, as we've discussed before i and katie are not the kind of people who can buy a sweater and hold on to it for a few months like when i buy something i need to wear it now all about that instant gratification Exactly. We can't wait for anything. And so 
basic things we're going to go over how to incorporate transitional pieces. So while the weather isn't completely cool and fall weather appropriate, let, let's say in the 50s and 60s, how can we start to incorporate some of these fall pieces into our late summer wardrobe? Then going into each fashion trend as different levels. So we'll have an option for the fashion novice. If you're not super comfortable stepping out of your comfort zone, or you just kind of want to dip your toe into the water of new pieces, there's something to try. The fashion curious, you're a little more confident in your style. It's maybe not fully developed, but you're ready to take a chance on some newer, trendier items. And then we have the fashion expert. So you are always ahead of the trend curve. You're looking to try the new and best thing. You want to spark conversation and be a part of that fashion in crowd. Then we'll have options for that as well. And then we'll also kind of be discussing what is recycling from last year's trends and what maybe you purchased last year is still going to be really in style this year. Because I think in general, trends, especially overarching ones, tend to last a few years now. Yeah. So there's that's the difference between a trend and a fad. Exactly. Or a micro trend, as we talk a lot about on the show, as like TikTok has made really popular these trends that you know, come out within a month or two and then they're gone because they're so like niche specific and not very wearable. And especially if we're not as out and about in the world as we once were, it can feel like everyone is wearing this one tiny little thing, crochet tops, for example, just that's the first thing that came to my mind. And then when you step outside and, and realize that no one is actually really wearing a crochet top, but while you're sitting in your room, you're thinking, oh my God, I am so out of the loop for not owning a bra crochet top. Oh, and then let's just talk about, yeah, if we're talking about TikTok fashion, all the people who like style these outfits and then they're like, here's my outfit for today. And I'm like, I really doubt that you're actually going anywhere when you're wearing leather pants and a leather jacket in the middle of summer as some, a lot of people, did you notice that? Like people would put on outfits and I was like, there's just no way that seasonally is making sense right now. No, it literally does not make any sense. And I get like an inspiration video, love an inspiration video. But if you're trying to pass that off as something that you're actually wearing, it's just not realistic. Yeah. Okay. So let's start getting into things. Katie, let's kick it off with your tip number one. All right. So tip number one, Let's start out just talking about from the jump, fall feels super different than spring and summer based on the fabrics that we're working with, right? The weather is different. We don't need to be easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl. We're looking for trying to like face the harsh reality of the weather that is outside. So we're thinking heavier fabrics, tweed, leather, chunky knits, general knits, right? So when you're looking at all of those different fabrics, blazers, tweed blazer, leather blazer, knit blazer, even shorts, leather shorts. AG, I know that you have two different pairs of leather shorts. Big fan of leather shorts. Leather pants, leather. We said leather blazer, leather jackets, leather vest. There's lots of different options there. So we're not just a furry bag, perhaps a furry bag. Perhaps, you know, that we're fans of furry bags. Mm -hmm. So we're not just talking about, you know, when we say tweed or we say leather or any of these other fabrics that we're discussing. Corduroy is another great one. Velvet. across different silhouettes, different functions of your wardrobe, corduroy bag, denim, all that kind of stuff. See about mixing it up. You know, you don't have to have just denim as your pants. You can have a denim corset. I feel like I've seen that, which like- Mm, With like a leather pant. Ooh, yes. So 
get creative with where your fall fabrics are showing up. It doesn't necessarily have to be in the most obvious way. However, like we said, you know, there's lots of different levels to this. So if you are part of this like fashion novice, beginner fashion, uh, fashion fan category, don't overwhelm yourself. Maybe perhaps start with the most obvious, but then if you find yourself getting bored with that, branch out. Yeah, I would say if we're going to break down like maybe what types of fabrics to try, like if you are a fashion novice, I think leather is really popular this season. We start we saw the rise of it last season with like um, leather blazers and leather jackets that a lot of people were thrifting. But I think this year, like and in the past years, we've also seen in the fashion novice category, like the Spanx leather leggings. Yep. I think this year we'll see the evolution of that into the straight leg leather pant. Mm-hmm. As um, you've seen like Aritza's, Aritzia's Melina pant has been super popular. Abercrombie has made their version. Mm-hmm. So I think a leather pant might be scary to a lot of people, but if it's a straight leg, it's not going to be like skin tight. It's going to be really like a polished and refined fit. And you could pair it with a simple cotton knit top and a blazer for workwear. You can mm-hmm. put it with a corset or a tighter, like more revealing top for going out. Um, so that is a great place to start. If you are a fashion novice, I think that starting to incorporate like tweeds, it's going to be really big. I think that's going to be our new fabric that we see kind of replacing plaid a bit as we've seen in popular in years past. And if you're at a fashion expert, I'm going to guess you probably have all of these things in your wardrobe <laughs> all weather, or, um, already. So not sure what you can add here unless you have any ideas, Katie. No, I was actually just going to comment on the leather pants. I still don't have a good pair of leather pants that I, I've tried to purchase more than one. The fit is always off. I just think that I'm going to have to I'm really one. I haven't really put all my manifesting efforts into leather pants yet. So that is step number one is identify that I truly do want leather pants. And then from there, I think I'm going to have to go like the brand new route. I know that tons of people talk about thrifting leather, which is a super sustainable way. You know, it's not necessarily enforcing this. Well, I don't know. I struggle with I, I, I heard this one commentary about that even buying um, leather and fur secondhand reinforces the idea that the trend is still valid and that therefore it drives consumption of it. I think that that's like taking it one step further. Like that's perhaps like a really internet take or something that's not like super usable for the everyday consumer. I think that. Well, also, I'm sorry, most of these, when I say leather and I'm talking about what a fashion novice should wear. By no means am I talking about real leather here. Mm. And that is not in most people's like budgets or price points, honestly. Unless you thrift it. Unless you thrift it. But there are other challenges involved with that. Fit right. is really difficult with leather, it especially is... real leather, because it doesn't stretch. And that's much. why I don't have leather pants. So, uh, yeah, going back to your comment about that's reinforcing a trend. People have been wearing leather for like thousands of years. I get like it's, you know, it's an animal product. But if you like it, wear a a faux version, find a vintage, find whatever works for your personal wardrobe and your like ethics and values. But I think a lot of people are going to end up wearing faux leather, especially if you go the new route, because a new pair of leather pants will set you back a thousand dollars. Right. And then but and then there's also, you know, the argument for natural fabrics and natural fibers and and all of that kind of stuff, too. So 
there's a lot, like you said, just weigh what's going to work for your budget and your closet and, and what you can really use and what, whatever you will genuinely use and wear is the most realistic option here. And I also want to stress when I'm talking about like sustainability as this topic is, uh, it's not up completely up to consumers. It's not up to us. Correct. Our, whether I buy real leather pants or fake leather pants, I am not going to save the world. It is up to these industry giants that have these manufacturing practices that are harming the earth. So while we can do the small changes and make steps and try to like collectively as a society move towards a more sustainable future, um, unfortunately, it truly is up to these giant brands that are making millions and billions of dollars off of profit. So please do not feel pressured that every little thing you do have to be the quote unquote right sustainable thing to do. Um, we're all just doing our best here. Right. So now that that soapbox has been uh, sufficiently beat into the ground. Next yeah, topic. Okay. All right. So tip two. Uh, opt for darker colors that typically indicate the season change. So we're coming out of summer, which is known for light, bright, airy, a lot of whites, a lot of pastels, a lot of um, brighter, but a little muted color. So typical colors that indicate fall are going to be like an olive, a maroon, an amber, a camel, a rich chocolate brown, black, like just darker colors. If you start to incorporate that into outfits, like, it can still be shorts and a tank top, but in darker colors that will visually give you that fall impact, mm -hmm. especially if you start to combine that with your material choice. So if you have a darker leather, if you have a darker plaid or tweed, like that is going to indicate the fall seasonality. Mm -hmm. Or even just a t-shirt, right? So fall always feels like it has a warm toned filter on it to me. So I generally shy away from bright whites unless, you know, it goes, there's always a, a, a use case for a bright white, but generally thinking like more cream than, than a bright mm -hmm. white, I think feels more fall. True. I will say though, uh, the white cream debate also, this depends on people's skin tones. Also true. My sister just gave me everything cream in her closet because she determined that like she looks better She's in like, crisp white. Yeah. I can kind of float between the two. If I had to guess, I think I would probably look better in a crisp white than a cream because I have like a yellow undertone skin. So it's a bit more contrast. Mm -hmm. But if you're interested in that, do some research on your skin tone and what colors complement on. Moving on to tip three. We have layering your summer items with fall pieces. So examples of this, denim shorts with a plaid blazer, leather pants with a tank top, a sweater over a mini dress, start layering some tights under skirts and shorts. And this is also a really good opportunity to wear all those black grounded floral items that we bitched about all summer <laughs> that we all have. <laughs> it's it in the summer, right? Like black feels so heavy, but fall is not yet or rather we're not ready to get rid of our florals yet so then that's that's your black grounded floral I mean I am so guilty of having all of these black grounded florals that I just was like oh when am I going to wear this and then the se two seconds of fall that are feel super fall where it's appropriate just slip by and I never wore it <laughs> so make sure that you prioritize those Yes. So again, these are just ways to make your summer wardrobe start creeping into the fall, especially if you're fall lovers like we are and you're mm -hmm. just excited or you're feeling like 
I'm really tired of these summer clothes, especially like as we're recording right now, it's Labor Day weekend, which typically means the end of summer. Mm-hmm. Um, although summer is still a few more weeks after this, but I feel like a lot of people are just ready for that seasonality refresh. But then let's talk about the trends of the fall. What is mm-hmm. going to be new, what we're seeing from last year, and then some evergreen items that really are classics that don't go out of style. Katie, do you want to kick us off with our first topic? Yes. All right. So boots, right? Everybody needs a good, solid boot for fall and winter. For our new trends that we're seeing crop crop up, we have our cowboy boot, leather knee-high boots, slim to the calf, or a stiff variety. So not like the slouchy, not so much of like the slouchy or riding boot. Right. Like these boots stand on their own. You're going to want to stuff them with newspaper or buy some really good uh, boot inserts so that they keep that shape or a pool noodle if you want to go the cheap route Ooh, or a pool noodle yes but I always think about that when summer's over and then I can no longer find a pool noodle anywhere so okay so we need to go to the dollar store and buy pool noodles now if there's any left okay and then continuing (laughs) yeah and then we also have our platform platform boots a la Versace yeah the Versace shoes have been extremely popular on the internet of recent Mm-hmm. And so they're very like stacked heel in a really intense platform. So I think we're going to start to see that shoe trend really rise. And then continuations of last year. So we'll see the return of like the welly rubberized boot in short and tall. Not my personal saw, fave. Not my personal favorite. Seems difficult to actually style and wear as like a functional thing. This is another thing that I think I see on Instagram a lot and it's one of those things that I think people are just styling to take a good photo. I don't know how like wearable. I mean, it feels like the natural progression from this Crocs trend, you know, with the rubber, it's a, Mm -hmm. it's a fall winter version of that, but inherently it feels difficult to walk in. I mean, I remember we were talking about our personal rain boot phases and they were never comfortable. They never worked. They didn't, they're not functional. Oh, a hunter boot, a tall hunter boot is like the most difficult thing to walk in. Like I'd rather yeah. walk in six inch heels. Continuing on, uh, lugged soles, a general chunky boot. Mm-hmm. Chunky boots are always popular, but I think the specific lug sole, which is when you see kind of ridges cut into the sole that are up and down, it gives it this. It really looks like, like a tire. Yes, like all weather kind of look. We'll see that continue this year. And then as always, some sort of like slim fitting booty, but we're now seeing a stiletto heel be popular rather than the block heel as in general heels are moving away from the block heel shape that was all the rage for probably like five years. Yeah. And and block heels are never out of style, just like a true stiletto was never out of style. It's just, you know, more so what we're seeing a little bit more of. It's the natural progression. Mm hmm. And then evergreen category, we have the combat military lace up boots, Doc Martens, like those never get old. Never. And then a good Chelsea boot. Also never gets old. I did. Uh, how much are we so over the concept of being chuggy? But I feel like I saw Chelsea boots fall into that category a lot when everyone was harping all over that. I would just like to say on the record that they are not chuggy. They're a classic style. Not that we're even worrying about that anymore, but I just wanted to like calm any fears if that's a hangover that people have from that like weird, really intense era of the internet that we all had. Um, 
I didn't see that. It's kind of baffling. I love the Chelsea boot. They're one of yeah. my like, personal favorites. And I've had a version of them in my closet for over 10 years now. So again, where you want. <laughs> and it's ridiculous. So just wear a freaking Chelsea boot. They are a classic. Okay. What can our fashion novice lead into for boot styles? Yeah. So here's my recommendation for a fashion novice. I'm going to say go for a knee-high leather boot with a block heel. I know that we just were talking about the exit of the block heel, but like I said, it's not necessarily out of style. I'm just looking out for your feet because they are going to be a little bit easier to walk in than a stiletto. And if you are truly in this novice category, I'm going to guess that stilettos are perhaps a little bit intimidating. So we're going for ease here. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to suggest that you swap this out for your old riding boot or your boot with a lot of buckles on it or your flat suede slouchy boot. This or is your my... over the knee boots. Those are really popular too. Uh, I'm still not ready to give up my over the knee boots. I'm going to keep holding on to them. They're like a Western in- Western inspired over the knee boot. So we'll see if that makes an appearance this year. I feel like that could fall into like the cowboy, especially yes. because I know you haven't been having luck finding those. I know we both have been having a hard time spending, not spending $200 on them. Oh, I did buy a pair of boots online though this week. Okay. Well, I'm definitely going to need to see those. They are a slim knee-high leather boot with their black, but they have this like cool, like slender pointed angular heel. They're Sam Edelman. Ooh. I'm very excited for them. Okay. I'm also very excited for them. So moving on to our fashion curious. So you're, you're mid-range, right? You need perhaps an update. You are comfortable with this knee-high leather boot concept. I'm going to suggest moving on to a lug sold of any of your favorite variety of shoe. So a lug sole sneaker, a lug sole Chelsea boot, a combat boot, just throw a chunky sole on whatever boot that you currently or boot or shoe that you currently enjoy. There you go. Super easy. Yeah. And, and then- so easy to style with dresses, jeans, like literally anything. Like you just take whatever you were going to wear your regular boot with, but bam, it's a chunky boot now. Exactly. So easy. And then moving into our expert category, I'm going to say our cow- our cowboy boot is perhaps part of this expert category. Might be a little bit of a controversial opinion because the cowboy boot is pretty, I mean, it's well known, it's approachable, but I do think that it is, while it is a familiar silhouette, it can be difficult to style without feeling inherently summer and or Western feeling. So that's why I, I grouped it into our expert category. Yeah, you almost have to wear it in a a way that you're acknowledging that it's not really like the given style of this boot. Yes. The first thing that's coming in my mind is like skinny pants tucked in with like a a blazer. Like yes. you, you're not inherently ever going to wear a blazer and cowboy boots, but like that is going to be really popular. But you have to be okay with like the clash and like owning that, which is why that falls into the expert category. And I think that this falls in also then falls into the expert category because if you're not a city girl, if you're also of the variety of, of girl who loves fashion, grew up in a rural area, like both of us. <laughs> yeah. This is going to feel really icky. It's, it falls into the same category as wearing camo ironically, which I rejected in my core until I was able to accept that it's an ironic fashion. However, it does not work in every setting. So yeah, tread if you here. 
are like in high school and you have a bring your tractor to school day as part of spirit week like we did Mm -hmm. wearing a cowboy boot might feel ridiculous to you that is okay maybe try an ankle booty a western ankle booty yes a solution great alternative all right so moving into our coats and jackets category whoop whoop love a good coat and jacket here's what we're gonna see that's new we are going to take the leather trend that is all the rage started last year the evolution of the leather blazer is now going to be the vinyl trench, very matrix style. Mm-hmm. So this is where we're going to see a patent shiny vinyl leather rather than the traditional more like soft looking leather and really super matrix style. Like think the slender, tall, knee high boot with the tiny glasses, like very 90s. You can see the look, but that's where we're going to see the leather trend going. And then as I've said before, we have tweed on the rise. So last year we had shackets become very popular, which I'll touch on in a minute. But a way to update the shacket for this year is to buy it in a tweed style. I've seen a lot of those like on Revolve, super cute. And then lastly, as we have the evolution of the blazer, it's been popular probably for the past three or four years. We're going to see crop blazers come in. The oversized look has been super popular. And so inherently the pendulum tends to swing to the other direction which is where we have a crop laser and then here's what we're going to take from last year so we have the teddy coat that's fading out it was really popularized by the img uh, pixie coat i still have mine from a few years ago i still have mine absolutely love it not getting rid of it but what we're going to see happen is we're going to take the infamous like sax pot coat of last winter that Mm -hmm. had the fur trim around the collar and around the cuffs and the that's going to make fur trim the new teddy coat. So I don't think every coat will be as like dramatic as the Saks pot one. Cause that's a, like a, not a full length coat, but like mid calf. It I makes think a we'll, statement. Yeah. We'll see a shorter version of it more like penny lane, almost famous. So you'll see fur, you'll see shirling, but just a lot of fur trim rather than it being the all over teddy style. And then the short North face puffer is sure to make a comeback this year. Definitely something that I want to have in my wardrobe. I need to double check to make sure I don't have a short puffer. But again, we saw really long popular puffers be popular past few years. So now the hemlines are coming up as they tend to rise. And then jackets will continue to be the go-to jacket. Um, In past years, we've had the bomber, the green military jacket, oversized blazers. There's typically like an it jacket that lasts a few years. Mm-hmm. Right now, it is going to be the jacket. Last year, you probably either got it in a neutral or a plaid. This year, if you want to switch it up, take it to tweed. Very like Chanel-esque. And then the oversized blazer, still in. Continue to wear her. And then we have puffer, leather, sweater, and suit vest are all in. I think last year... You definitely saw the puppy and sweater vest. This year, we're doing vest of all nature. So leather and suit vest. A leather vest gives me a very much like Bella Hadid moment. And then a sweater vest really leans into the preppy dark academia trend that we'll cover in a minute. And then your evergreen fall jacket is a leather moto jacket. This it is will never go out of style. Never got in style. I was just talking, I think, to Katie about how I'm ready to really invest and get a good one. I have this like blank NYC one that I got from North Rack that's lasted me like through my college years, ye old faithful. But I think it's time that I could 
spend a bit more money on my next leather jacket and really make it last a long time because that is one of my go-to items. Absolutely. So taking these jackets and translating them into our categories that we've put together, we have our novice category. And I think that our easiest intro here is going to be a plaid or tweed blazer. Blazers are very approachable, very thriftable, very easy to find at all of your major retailers. And they're going to have lots of options, lots of fits. You're going to be able to really play around with and see what you enjoy wearing, what you feel like looks good on your personal body type. There's not a lot of, while it may feel overwhelming to go into that many options, because you have so many options, you're going to be able to find something that truly works for you, that you'll feel confident in. And when you're just starting out, that's super important. Yeah. And this is really easy to style over a graphic tee, over a turtleneck, a fitted t-shirt, a button up, like there's some a dress. There's a million ways you can style this. Very easy to find like Pinterest inspo. Yes. Moving into our second category, our curious category, I'm going to say that a leather trench or a non-traditional material puffer. So a leather puffer, a printed fabric puffer, perhaps a tweed or a plaid puffer, something fabric. The leather trench is more approachable than perhaps the vinyl that we were just talking about, a la The Matrix. It's softer. It's a little less in your face. It's not so shiny, right? Like you said, it's but it's like Not a cool update on like a traditional khaki colored um, trench coat. Yes, exactly. Anytime that you would wear a khaki colored trench coat, anytime that you might have reached for your leather blazer, if you bought one last year, a leather trench is a good swap. Then our non-traditional material puffer These are probably not going to be anything that's like a true outerwear puffer. It's more of like a third layer. It's more of an outfit completer rather than something that you're wearing to go be protected from the elements. (laughs) Oh, we're not talking about winter yet. No, no, no. This is truly just for style here. But it's also, um, you know, it's one step further than just your plain black, plain uh, army green solid color puffer. It adds a little bit more interest there. I have, um, I've been wanting a leather puffer for a hot moment. Some of my friends have like really cute, like camel colored ones they got from Abercrombie like a year or two ago. Mm -hmm. And it's just so chic because I inherently like hated the puffy jacket for a really long time. And now I'm like into it, but I just think a leather version looks so chic. So put together, so effortless. Then our last category, our expert category, I'm going to say go all in on that fur trim go for, I myself have bought two fur trimmed coats and I'm so excited to wear them. You got got like the perfect penny lane coat. It's so good. It's got the big furry collar and then on the cuffs, um, it's a suede, it's a brown suede. So I think that go all in on that or a cropped blazer. Personally, I am not here for the cropped blazer. I don't think it would look good on me, but it does look really good on other people. I don't know I think I would just have a difficult time styling it. It doesn't seem like a part of your. No, I, I also am having difficulties picturing it on you. Right. So, However, me, I will be buying a property. Absolutely. Yes. And I think that that level of understanding of your personal style and where a cropped blazer would fall in is part of our expert category, because I believe it was last week that we talked about it. We definitely fell victim to TikTok, fashion TikTok early on in the year. And bought things that didn't 
fall into our personal style, didn't really fit our closet. We got swept up in it. So we're trying to be a little more intentional this time around. Mm-hmm. And then all right, two more categories here. We have colors. So just in general, like the trendy colors, we already went over like the basic evergreen fall colors, but we're going to see saturated hues be really popular this winter. We saw all over the runways from designers, uh, the trickle down effect, and people are still reaching for that nostalgic brightness of the future. Like we're still in the hopeful phase of, you know, trying to come out of COVID-19, although that's looking questionable now, but bright colors so we're looking at fuchsia like a traffic cone orange a kelly green a copal a scarlet a canary yellow a violet so those are just different examples of like fully saturated hues so these are going to be bright in your face colors I think this would be perfect to buy like a single coat maybe even thrift it so it doesn't take up your entire fall wardrobe budget but it's something that makes a really impactful statement and it really separates you from the crowd when people typically tend to wear the darker muted colors in the fall the key here to make it actually look like fall and not like you're wearing a summer hue or a summer clothing article in the fall is you're really going to want this in the right material and then the right style so that's why I mentioned a coat a sweater really nice trousers but the, the material can't be like a linen right that's a summer fabric it'd have to be maybe a silky maybe a velvet or, or just like a nice workwear material but that's how you're going to take these bright colors and really own them in the fall and you'll see people wearing this just as a monochromatic look so if you could have a canary yellow outfit head to toe that is going to scream like wow she knows what she's doing she looks good but it doesn't seem out of place because it's styled correctly absolutely okay and then lastly we have like the general style that we're going to see it's the rise of preppy the dark academia style we saw this really taking over last year but this year we have some new additions like the peter pan collar these can be either attached or there's detachable styles that you could add on to any sort of shirt or sweater. You have polos layered underneath like crew neck sweaters or crew neck sweatshirts. You have loafers with socks. You'll have platform loafers. You have tennis skirts, also really cute with the polo shirt and the crew neck sweater on top of it. Um, Fisherman sweaters with a really chunky knit, straight leg denim. It really feels like almost a bit of a resurgence of the like Tumblr, dark academia aesthetic, very like American apparel, but a little more old money aesthetic and a little less like grungy. But I think some of those styles really do overlap. So I think that general like American prep, but really make it with the darker colors with like navies with dark browns, like it really feels like this cozy Oxford library, like English college student vibe as well. Yeah. And I think that that would be a really easy, this Tumblr aesthetic that you're referencing, like that was my jam. I loved that shit, but it was definitely more grungy. It gave me a little more Seattle vibes versus East coast gossip girl vibes. Mm -hmm. And I'm interested to see what our Y2K Queens trend, how they transition into fall winter. I think that they could perhaps really move us into like a late 2000s vibe with this Tumblr era that we keep mentioning. 
And if you aren't on Tumblr, then I don't know how to really explain it to you. It was an, it was an era in time. It was a moment. It, it did what it did. And so interested to see where they go with this, uh, because we were kind of discussing beforehand, but Y2K feels so inherently warm weather. It feels so California because you see the people who really popularized it were these celebrities that came out of the early 2000s with the start of like the 24-hour news cycle. And you had people like constantly following Paris Hilton, Lindsay Lohan, um, like Destiny's Child, like J-Lo, like all of these pop stars. And where do they all live? Southern California. So they could wear a version of these styles all year round without actually have to think about the implications of cold weather so right so it'll be I think it'll just be really interesting to see to see where that goes but moving back into more of this preppy dark academia I think it's um definitely not for everyone and so this is not any kind of uh indication that if you're not dressing in this way right like we're definitely not saying everybody if you're not wearing this preppy dark academia style that you're out of fashion it's just certainly something that we're seeing on the rise, but and I think everyone can like stand to, or it is likely that everyone will probably incorporate like one element from this overall style. That's going to be popular. Like, uh, I've been talking about how much I like a polo collar recently, and I've been trying yes. to find like the version of that, the fits in it. I know you've been on a loafer hunt, so there's loafer ways hunt. to like detachable collars, detachable collars. Yeah. So not, maybe not all of these things fit into your bucket, but I think that's what we'll see these all be in the market more than we have in previous years. So you'll end, probably end up wanting one of these things. Definitely. So that is our wrap on our pre-fall trends. We are going to start styling these. I believe some of these I incorporated into my outfit this week, um, which will start by going over Katie's outfits. Yeah. So my Monday outfit, I genuinely don't want to talk about. I don't like it. I'm pretty... I've worn this dress now a couple of times and I'm ready to move on from it. I was going to say, every time I see you wearing this dress, I'm a little shocked because it does not feel like you whatsoever. No, it doesn't. I don't really know what came over me when I bought it other than I wanted something. I wanted something in this color scheme. I like the idea of this dress. I like this dress on other people. It just never does what I want it to on me. So it's just this like tiered, it's from Zara like two years ago. I think I got it on clearance for like $15. It's just not really. Clearance prices will really blind you. I know it's so bad. So she's moving on. She's going to find a new home. (laughs) I've been listing stuff like crazy on Macari. Oh yeah. That's what I've done all this weekend. I find it much easier to use and list than Poshmark. Oh, okay. So hot tip for everyone because they will actually fill out a lot of categories for you and Mm. they give you a suggestion price range on what to price it as. Like it'll sell quickly or if you price it too high, they'll be like, this is going to take a longer time to sell. So if you're cleaning out your closet and you're trying to get rid of things and want to make a few extra dollars, highly recommend. That's cool. I haven't been on Mercari in like, I don't don't, literal years, I think. So definitely a re-download for me. Mm Mm-hmm. So my Tuesday outfit was a getting dressed later in the day. So I went for all neutrals because, I mean, when I say all neutrals, actually, I just mean all white uh, because 
we moved in this weekend. And so I saw my white jeans and I thought, dang, it's going to be Labor Day this weekend. I'm going to need to wear these, which I'm not always a no white after Labor Day kind of gal, but kind of what we were discussing when you own white in so many different materials that do feel summery, it's just a lot harder to incorporate white when it starts to get cooler. So I'm wearing these white high-waisted flare, slim flare jeans that have a slit up the middle, uh, or rather in the middle of the flare on the inside of my leg. And I really like the way that they fit just a cropped white t-shirt. That's actually a little boy's t-shirt and a white bucket hat and my platform converse easy put together done done. My Wednesday outfit was actually, I'm wearing the same t-shirt from Tuesday that I am wearing in Wednesday. So she really got two wears this week. Um, with this polka dot dress that I love, I got it from mango. It's good. I've never seen you wear this. I think I've probably only worn it three times. It is a really cute caramel, light caramel with a, with white polka dots all over it. And it never looks quite right without something either layered under or over it. So it's difficult to wear in the summer because as a standalone dress, it just never really looks good. And in the summer, it's a little too hot, but then it's an inherently summer dress. It's a really lightweight material and it's not that long. So really we're working with a short time frame in the spring and a short time frame in the fall for getting it worn, which is probably why you haven't seen it. I really love this outfit though. It's so cute. Thanks. And then my caramel beret, a couple of different necklaces and again, Converse. However, these are not the platform version and these were thrifted, uh, pretty much brand new. I just took a magic eraser to them and they looked bright white again. So love that for me. I know here I am struggling to find a pair of Converse. So (laughs) she beat me out on those because they're the same shoe size. Right. They're like a half a size too big, but I'm, I don't really care that much. It's not like like $11. We'll make it work. Exactly. And it's not like they, I, I don't think that I've talked about this on here before, but my feet, I think are too small for my body. Um, (laughs) I wear a size nine and I'm five ten, which normally I feel like I know people who wear a size nine who are, well, you wear a nine and you're five, seven, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not like an unheard of shoe size for anybody who's shorter than my height, which is why I think I'm really bad at sports. So to have a little bit of a half size too big on my foot does not necessarily look out of place. (laughs) Then my Thursday outfit, um, it was warm, but not too warm. I'm pretty sure this was the first day that it got below 80 degrees, which was awesome. It was like beautiful out. It was so nice. So I broke out these, uh, swishy pants that I thrifted recently that I did not realize don't have pockets. So I spent all day trying to shove my phone into a pocket that doesn't exist. Pretty disappointing. I hate that. Yep. Especially like a baggy pants. There right. was room for pockets. There's here, so people. much room for pockets. And these are also men's pants. So I don't, why do, why does a men's pant not have pockets? Doesn't make sense. I was going for like an off duty dancer look here. <laughs> it was Mostly, I mean, so right, we moved last weekend. So all this week was just like getting everything put together. My closet room is still horrific. And now I'm traveling this week. So definitely not going to get any better anytime soon. But this yeah, I thought you're going to come home to Seth really making a lot of changes. I know, right? 
so we'll just see how things continue. But this was essentially a continuation of what I could grab and find in the mess that was and is that room. So these swishy pants, just this black crop tank, a bunch of necklaces. This was an accessorizing day. I had a bunch of pearl clips in. I had like three necklaces on. And then my as we goes that I do love. Yeah, I love those shoes. And up until this point, which I did not realize until I put all these photos together, I did not wear a single color that was not black, white, or tan. So then I think I'm the same way this week. Weird. So then Friday, I went out of my way to wear pretty much every color in the rainbow and had, it was again, a generally nice day out. The sweater did get hot. So I'm wearing this Ghani sweater that I bought, I think last year on, it was on sale and I debated for so long whether to get a small or a medium. I'm pretty sure I should have gotten a medium because it's just a little bit tighter in the shoulders than I think I wish it was, but it's a really nice knit. So perhaps I could attempt to stretch it. TBD. I've, it's I've really not, beautiful though. Like it looks like an expensive sweater. It's I love it so much. And it's got these really cute balloon sleeves at the bottom. It's bright lime green with black. And I put it with my overall shorts and a couple of silver necklaces, uh, not lime green, bright yellow Crocs and my lip purse. I attempted a makeup look this day that was just like hot pink glitter eyeshadow on the inside corner of my eye. Really liked how it looked in person. However, in photos, it looked like I had an eye disease. So I think, I don't know if it was the glitter color or if it was just, I needed to put, pull it out more into my eyelid. I think in general, because it's so, it's like, it's a dark pink and your inner eyes, I think it's like making your eyes look more narrow, which generally like further apart eyes are like aesthetically beautiful. And that's why people do like cat wings and like the fox eyes because like dragging out out the other end of the eye makes your eye look bigger so I feel like it's like also just making your eyes look smaller and closer together which generally tends to not be aesthetically pleasing so we'll see how that goes also I have a hooded eye so I was kind of once I started it I was kind of on the fence and I don't really know there's like a I think it's not quite a mono lid but I have this like mm, heavier part of my eye on the inside of my eye that kind of prevents me from doing a lot of like highlighting on the inside corner of my eye because there's a piece of skin there. And so as soon as I started this look, I was like, well, shit, this was actually a really bad idea and does not make sense with my eye shape at all. But once you have hot pink glitter on your eyelid, it's a little hard to come back from that without totally redoing your entire face. So I just really, I, I went with it. Hey, you try something new. Right, exactly. And I feel like I moved through that really quickly, but it was mostly because there wasn't a whole lot to talk about as far as boundary pushing, tried something new, because like I said, this was kind of a week of how can I just get dressed, period, and feel like myself without totally tearing apart the entire room. I went Because you're not unpacked yet. This week, I actually, since I'm traveling, I packed a capsule wardrobe situation. So it might end up being kind of a similar color palette, but a different concept. So this week will be fun. Let's talk about your outfits now. 
Okay, so Monday, we're starting with this photo inside of Katie's new house. Yay. And I'm wearing this black silky tank from and other stories, I would say. My sister came by last weekend and like the true older sister always brings me hand-me-downs, which Mm -hmm. I gladly take. So this shirt was one of them. And then I'm wearing this floral, a blacked based floral print midi skirt that has these three buttons up the front and then it's like a tiny white and red um, midi skirt that has a good amount of like body to the bottom and funny thing about the skirt the it's vintage it's something I found in my parents basement a few months ago and we definitely like thrifted it as kids for this like farm museum camp we used to go to over the summer where you like lived like the 1800s and churn butter (laughs) Uh, again, that's very indicative of where I grew up. But so this is m- missing the center button, and I haven't gotten around to replacing it yet because I really like the original button. So I wanted to find one that's similar, and I just haven't made it to a craft store. But as I was like bending over to tie up my Doc Martens, the top button popped off too. So this skirt was like hanging on by a thread <laughs> or, or by a very small safety pin. But yeah. Uh, I just like pulled out the black cami and I was like honestly I'm going around my house and then I was going to Katie's later so I was like it's okay she's fine we'll keep wearing her yeah so I just like pulled the tank out to kind of hide the fact that it was not buttoned and then Doc Martens so this is I feel like a really great example of a transitional summer to fall outfit because while I am wearing a tank top um, it's a little bit heavier with like the black Doc Martens the black face floral and um, the black top Moving into Tuesday, Katie and I went thrifting and I, again, was leaning on a basic color scheme here. It was a get dressed later in the day. I wanted to be like a cool, comfortable. So I wore these black wide leg silk pants again from my sister that she gave me. I believe they're and other stories was just like a nude bodysuit from Abercrombie. And then I did a cashmere sweater, like draped over one shoulder. This trend was really popularized probably last year. I started seeing it on Instagram a lot. Like Song of Style always does it. I love it. I love her. And it gives that um, preppy East Coast Kennedy vibe like we were just talking about. And again, this is another way to like start making your summery outfits more fall. While I'm not actually like wearing the sweater on my body, it having it around my shoulder really does like cozy up the outfit. Definitely. And then I'm just wearing my white Yeezys and a little black shoulder bag. Moving to Wednesday, this outfit was inspired by this blazer I recently got. It has lace-up details on the arm and then on the center of the back. And I've never seen a blazer with like just lace-up detail. I thought it was incredibly cool it's very cool and it's a like a tan with a faint pinstripe that you can't really see and I looked at the tags and I, I found out it's a French brand and sometimes tags on the inside the ones that tend to be on the bottom side that have the care information care. and the fabric contents sometimes it will have the year that it was printed or like the season it belongs to so this one said SS03, meaning it's from spring, summer 2003. So I thought it was pretty cool that I was able to like exactly place the year that it was made. She's vintage. Yes. So I love her. I got a ton of compliments on this. People seem to wild out on it. And I believe <laughs> one of them, I Steph was like, this was your best outfit ever. And I was like, thank you. That's a very mm. big compliment. That is a huge compliment. And I just have it with a 
white t-shirt and some straight leg jeans. I ended up getting rid of these or I just listed them on Mercari because I do not love the fit. It's like I like the everywhere above the knee, but below the knee feels like it should be a little tighter or a little looser. It's just like a weird in between for a straight leg. So and then I'm wearing that with my tan Nike blazers and I got a haircut that evening. So I was just like, wanting to look cute. And I was also definitely wanting to do something that I was like, I want to feel good, but I don't want a lot of effort put into it. Yeah. So that's where it's like jeans and a t-shirt and then a layer on top, but it's still like put together. And then on Thursday, one of my friends called me and she wanted to do a last minute shopping trip before she went somewhere for Labor Day weekend. So I was like, hell yeah, girl, let's go. So we went to the mall and this was the day that it was like definitely the coolest day of the week. So I was like leather pants. Let's go. Yeah, I got these rag and bone real leather pants for an insane steal of like $50 instead of a thousand uh, via <laughs> Marshalls. So it was like an incredible find. I've been looking for actual leather pants that fit me well for years they've always been my list um I would like a I'll probably try to find like a brown straight leg that's more of like the trend that's happening right now because I would like a pair of that but these were like I know I'll have these forever and I oh I wanted to wear this like patterned button up that I had thrifted a few weeks ago that you said you loved because you almost bought something like it yeah I almost bought a shirt that was pretty much just like this except it was brown and cream instead of black and cream. So big regrets. Sometimes you win to find another one though. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you win some, you lose some. I definitely have like a handful of things that I left behind at a thrift store that I still think about today. But again, the the universe is not limited, right? There are endless options for us. Yeah. We don't think back like that. Scarcity mindset. (laughs) Abundance only. I don't chase that attract. Exactly. Um, so I wore that and I, it like, we just went perfectly with that same like tan colored bodies that I wore earlier in the week. And it was funny cause this is like a kind of blocked pattern print. So there's a bunch of different patterns in different blocks around the shirt. And then I went to Zara and they literally had the same thing, but a little more color in it for like $37. And I was like, I meanwhile, saw- I thrifted this for four. <laughs> Yeah, I saw that on your Instagram story and I was like, dang, that's literally just the same shirt. I mean, right. Like you said, the color scheme is different, but different, but same. Yeah. Again, some of these fall trends we talked about, hit the thrift store first. See if you can make something work. Look at the basics of it. Look for a sheer pattern button down and see what happens from there. Yeah. And it's definitely a skill. It's de- it, de- it takes time to develop that understanding of what makes a piece what it is but just practice mm-hmm. like color patterns and fabric. Great places to start. But I get that that probably comes easier to us than other people, but back to my outfit, I'm wearing my white princess poly boots and I'm really excited to wear because I got them towards the end of spring. Mm-hmm. They didn't really work that much in summer, but I'm excited to wear them in the fall more. Now. No, I think they're going to be perfect for fall. They're very like, they have a bit of that, um, like a stacked platform on them. Mm-hmm. Um, very like go, go. And then I have my black Telfar bag, which looks a little dirty here, but I think it was just the lighting. So I promise she's <laughs> in great condition and gold jewelry and my new haircut, which looks excellent. So, yes. Very healthy. Yes. I just felt like, um, I felt like myself, like a, a well-dressed, powerful woman. Love. And then 
my last outfit, I have purchases that I made at Zara. So I'm wearing this green muscle tank tee. I, I was going to ask you if that was new. Yes. So it was like $12 from Zara. And I have been wearing my black muscle tank tee like all summer. And I love this color. It is shade of green. So I was like, perfect. This is something that I can wear a lot and incorporate. Although I just washed it and uh, there's a tiny hole in it. So no, um, I'm really starting to be over Zara. I mm-hmm. kind of have a problem with every single thing I buy from there, mm-hmm. either the fit or the quality just I don't know if it's like a recent thing but I swear every single thing I'm having to like return exchange regret modify etc but it's it's upsetting to me well speaking of that oh yeah so I have just a a pair of jeans on straight leg and then we go down to the shoes absolutely fabulous they are a Manolo Blahnik dupe they are a little kitten heel with a sling back hot pink like satin and then it has the big like embellished brooch on the toe I like gasped audibly gasped when I saw these in the store I was like because at first I saw them in black and blue and I was like oh cute but like pink obviously yeah pink I was like that I need those and they were expensive they were like $90 it's kind of a lot yeah but I was first shoes from Zara yeah I was swindled because I was excited and I was like talking to these other women and this one woman was like, the back strap seems like a bit big, like it won't stay on my foot. But I like it was like staying on my foot at the store, but it had that like black stretchy thing that it attaches them mm-hmm. on those back straps. So it was like kind of hard to actually gauge if that string was making them fall. And then this other woman basically talked me into it. She's like, it's a classic shoe. I'm getting them for my daughter. You'll have them forever. And I was like, okay, you're right. But then I literally just wore these because I was like wearing this around the house. And then I wore these to go take a photo. And as Katie saw, like I could just the strap would not stay up. And then there's not enough covering on the toe to like make it a mule. Like you need so, the strap. Yeah. So generally disappointing. Yeah. So those are going back to Zara. So I will be looking for a different version from a different brand. It would be Manolo, but I would need a few hundred dollars for that, which I don't currently have. Yeah. <laughs> but I generally really, really like this outfit. All in all, this week, like similar to you, I it was more streamlined and sleek and like color palette again. So I didn't wear any color till Friday, but I did feel like very authentically myself and confident because I the entire week I could tell my my theme, my attitude was like I just want to like look good and feel good in like a, an outfit that I know is flattering, comfortable, and versatile and I'm like okay with that you know I don't need to be like pushing boundaries every weekend and I feel like this is like a really or every week or every day so I feel like this is a good um like kind of go-to wardrobe staples for me yeah it's fun to push boundaries and grow and try new things but you need to have a really solid base to fall back on when that's not appropriate for what your vibe is Uh, also like if you have a more well-defined sense of personal style like maybe you don't need to like try and push new boundaries you know if you don't feel like it too because you have a good understanding of what works for you so that wraps it up for this week I hope everyone enjoyed our fall trend section please let us know if you have any feedback like what styles you're most excited for something that you're like I will absolutely not be incorporating that into my wardrobe without what you say let's hear it all 
Yeah. And the way to get in touch with us is through Instagram or TikTok. Our handles for all of those social medias will be in the show notes, but just a quick reminder, it's at Anna Grace Averett, at Katie Gassman, and at Verve Podcast. If you would also be so kind as to head to wherever you listen to your podcasts and leave us a review, specifically Apple Podcasts, we would love that. Uh, Make sure it's five stars. Otherwise, we will be finding you and asking you incessant questions about why it wasn't five stars because we're obsessed with that. So with that, we will leave you to go try these new fall trends. Enjoy. I want to challenge everyone listening to step out of their comfort zone this week even though I advocated not to do that five minutes ago but try (laughs) something new get inspired it's a new season have some fun with fashion bye guys bye